0: Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. What up, Chatham? You know how we do. Super Tuesday is right here on WKBY, 10 a.m., 2 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Eastern. That will be 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Pacific right here with you, with all of us. Remember, we're still in the series right now talking about quarantining our thoughts. And this is a really critical time. I mean, a lot of us are moving into almost week four of really kind of being sheltered in and voluntarily sheltered in, and some of us are involuntarily sheltered in. It could really wear on us. Had a great opportunity to do an interview with Andrew Hopkins. Had to kind of be a little bit different. We couldn't be together because we're supposed to be socially distancing ourselves. So coming up right now is my interview with Andrew. Did it over a Zoom conferencing. You know, sometimes we should probably do that with our friends. See people. Get a good look. Hope you enjoy this interview because I know it blessed me. And I hope it blesses you too. So hey, Andrew, good to see you on video. We got this whole socially distance thing going on right here.
1: Hey, hey, how you doing, man? It's good.
0: Outstanding, outstanding. So the topic of the day we're dealing with is uh, quarantining our thoughts, and you and I were talking on it off air, and then you know when we were dealing yesterday, kind of getting prepped about what are we really doing, and we're dealing with you know dealing with Second Corinthians ten five, and I'll read it here because I haven't really read it a whole lot on the previous show, but we demolish arguments and every pretense. That sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take mm-hmm. captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I'm thinking, you know, in this time when we're, we're kind of locked in our homes, or you know, not supposed to go too far, how are you able to really, you know, do that with yourself when you've got a young family? How are you able to kind of get our thought, your thoughts, quarantined and, and shook and taken captive? The things we're not supposed to be thinking about.
1: Yeah, you know, it's. I'm I'm usually working at home during the week, uh, during the daytime anyway. So I've got a lot of practice being at home (laughs) with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Praise God! But um, you know, the thing is, is like throughout the week, and you know, just even I do a lot of work on the weekends at churches and ministries and things like that. You know, there's there's always going to be spiritual warfare and. You know the Bible talks about the flaming darts of the enemy, the arrows, and um, they're going to come whether you're quarantined in your house or whether you're you're doing something outside, working wherever. They're going to come, and and it's it's just really important for us to to have a battle plan or a battle strategy. You know, for for me, you know, there's been all kinds of highs and lows, but you know, one of the things that God has been or He spoke to me a while back. It's it's actually um, out of Matthew six where Jesus is talking about worry, and it's from the Old King James though, and it says take no thought. You know, in the in the NIV it'll say do not worry about what you're going to eat or drink, but in the the Old King James it says take no thought. And one day when I was just walking around my house, that phrase just just came up in my heart and my mind, and and I knew what God was saying. He was basically it was almost like he would say take no thought with a little fill in the blank and for me it meant take no thought that's going to perpetuate doubt take no thought that's going to give me fear take no thought that's going to you know um, feed the flesh and, and lustful desires and those types of things in other words, I had a choice to take a thought whether it's going to be mine or I'm going to disregard it as not mine and and, and 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 I could take the ones that are godly in and I could resist the ones that that weren't helping me you know and, that's and kick them huge out.
0: That's huge because I mean, when you're talking about that's true ministry. That's really taking the word of God and making it applicable right now in the work Because people often believe "Oh, the Bible is a dead book. Mm. It's not worth anything right now, but you've just reminded all the men that, Hey, this is scripture is still alive. And well, I need that's to not take any thought about that. Cause some of us are out of work. Some of us are dealing with reduced hours and reduced pay. Yeah that's a huge way to just automatically put that plan in place. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And can I, I just want to say too, um, you know, it's like, especially this is crazy time, obviously that we're living in, but we, whether we're in this quarantine, you know, whatever crazy time, or we're just living, you know, let's say from the valley to the mountaintop, irregardless, those arrows are flying. Those thoughts are coming. And we have a choice to, to live in faith, to live in hope, to live in love. And I just feel like it's just really important to, to, to make that a daily practice because I know that not every thought that comes flying through my head belongs to me or came from me. Because sure. I, I believe that just like the same way movies and radio and all that, there's a bunch of frequencies flying around us all day. And if you have the right equipment, you can tune into it. And, and so sometimes we're just kind of relaxing through our day or whatever, doing our work or whatever. And some random thoughts are coming in. It's just that our radio kind of picked up some frequencies, you know, and, uh, and we just got to choose to turn the dial, you know, like, I'm not going to sit on this channel right here and entertain things that are going to perpetuate all the negativity or the, you know, all the, et cetera, all there's so much. Right. Um, But I just realized like, okay, I actually have, the ability to to say no and to turn you know the channel so to speak, change the frequency, just the same ways that we would on the TV when when the Victoria's Secret commercial comes on, you're like, all right, not for my eyes. Click the channel. We could do the same thing with the way we think.
0: Now, when you do that, how do you find it best for you to do that when the times come? Because you know, as humans, we're not always able to kind of get there. It may be that seven second delay, right, like on TV.
1: Uh, How yeah. you
0: find yourself kind of go nope 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 and I click. What do you what keeps you grinding? What do you draw on?
1: Uh well I would say like I just try to turn my attention towards something else and honestly, and that sounds really basic, but like honestly, a lot of the times will I be like I'll have a crazy thought come in my head, and and uh I would literally hear the Lord so many times because be like, God, what is going on? What's this what why I gotta think this stuff? And, and honestly, the most consistent thing I would hear God speak in my heart is let go and move on. And it was, it's so simple, but yet it's so hard because some of those thoughts, it feels like they come with uh, potency. You know, it's like they come like, you know, And again, going back to the spiritual warfare thing, the Bible says that the, the enemy is shooting flaming darts at us. Yeah. So some of those things, they're not just like little random. They got, they got a little punch to them. And, uh, but, but every time the Lord is just like, let go and move on. And I'd be like, I know, but I hate when those things come in my head and he's like, let go and move on. And, and, and one of the things that, um, sorry, I got a lot of stuff to say about this stuff, (laughs) but I'm just going to keep going. You're good. (laughs) One of the things I was reading in the Bible one day and, uh, it talks in first Peter chapter five. It says, you know to be sober vigilant cuz your enemy uh, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but the next verse says resist him standing firm in the faith i'm going to try to whittle this down but the word resist in greek is antithistemi, which sounds a lot like our word antihistamine and and i did a little bit of studying i'm not a doctor but i looked some stuff up and i found out and you probably know this, you know, I don't know, maybe you're smarter than me, you knew this already, but <laughs> antihistamines obviously fight histamines. Well, what is a histamine? It's, it's the part of your body that responds to things that are invading, you know? So if there's like pollen or whatever. If, and, and, and the thing is, the reason why we take an antihistamine is because your body is to calm down the overreaction that your body is having to the things that are outside trying to make its way in. And the Lord began to just speak to me that, you know, uh, most of the time uh, when I start getting frustrated about uh, negative thoughts or just fearful thoughts, et cetera, you can fill in the blank. When I get frustrated about it, it's almost like the enemy got me right where he wanted me to be. Because instead of letting go and moving on, I overreacted to it. And uh, just like when you were kids and your brother wanted to poke you in the face or something, just so you get a reaction. He's doing it just for your reaction. And so God's advice to me, you know, this was just to help further uh, drive the truth home. God is just telling me, hey, son, let go and move on, as opposed to giving those thoughts so much attention because they just wanted your reaction in the first place.
0: You know, what's amazing is that I have a son who's really sensitive to asthma. and So the histamine example you gave is huge for us, Mm -hmm. where every two weeks he actually goes and takes shots, where it actually fills in those histamine holes where your body can't even absorb those. So he had got yeah. to the point where he couldn't, his body no longer told him that he couldn't breathe. Oh, so wow. When those, th- those chemicals or allergies to get in through and be absorbed, he would pass out and just stop breathing. Wow, wow. And so with this this particular shot he gets every two weeks, it fills in those holes and blocks it. And it's funny because you give that example because that's really what the Lord's doing for us in your example, where he's blocking mm the stuff out, just like you gave the example of. And so he's wow. not to feel it. So I wish the Lord gave give us some natural histamine against the enemy anyway. Free will is tough as we kind of take that blocker away and go, no. <laughs> I'm oh, good. God, I got this. I, I got that. Commercial. Yeah, yeah. I like that. But that's awesome. So tell me, well, you got two little kids and you're in ministry. You've been used to doing it with these kids and being home and how, so anything different or really changed your, how do your kids feel about this? They didn't even know what, that we're under this kind of quarantine and stuff. I mean, how do you help them as little kids?
1: Yeah. You know, honestly, I feel like my kids are too young to fully grasp the gravity of what's happening in the world. You know, and plus, I mean, because a two year old, he's going to be at home anyway. Yeah. Our four year old, though, is in preschool. So now he's not. And that's kind of crazy because now, you know, it was a relief to have him go to school for a little bit, you know. But now it's like the gladiator games have begun at home and they just want to battle each other all day long. And so that can be a little stressful. But uh, yeah, the kids for us, it's just, they, I'm sure they just haven't fully understood it. So we try to, let him know and I'm trying to explain to him what a president is and all these things. So he understands policemen. So I just said, uh, you know, the policeman told us we're supposed to stay in our houses right now. Cause that's how we understand. <laughs> I get to tell him like the president and the governor and the what, and the, you know, he's just freaked out. He'd be like, what, what are you saying, Dad? I don't know what you're
0: saying. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me, you are a super worship leader. So those of you who don't know, this is Andrew Hopkins. I should have introduced you earlier as a worship okay. leader, You know break down the word phenomenally, prophet, teacher, in this time, what do you think people really ought to know? What would you believe the Lord is really sharing with this time for you as you're going through this moment to the next?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I shared a word, uh, the church last Sunday on an online kind of a service. I mean, there were some people in the room, but it wasn't normal. Um, like, you know, that normal numbers, but, um, I shared a word about, uh, the land of Goshen. Now this, this we're gonna get deep in the Bible right here, but to summarize real, real good. It's just, uh, God provided this land called the land of Goshen for the people of Israel back in Genesis and Exodus. You can check it out. But, um, and the thing about this land was it was a place of protection. It was a place of provision. And it was a place of prosperity for the people of God. And why do I say that? Because they prospered in the midst of a famine that was literally all around. They had five years of famine left in Egypt, and, uh, but they had provision there, prospered. They, they said they multiplied exceedingly. And then when the plague started hitting Egypt, they weren't touched. One particular plague was when uh, darkness came over the whole land of Egypt, but it said upon the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were, there was still light shining I mean there's so much you know imagery and and picture with with that, but for me, what it symbolizes to me for this day is is two things is one is that, as the people of God and people who we put our trust in Jesus, he actually has given us a a place in him to live uh separate from the chaos of the world which is which is really helpful <laughs> uh the second thing is this is that uh, be, being that we we're uh, separate in that sense, you know, we're in the world but we're not of the world. We also live from a different ecosystem, a different economy. And why do I say that? Because how can how can you still be prospering when the whole world is uh, in plagues and all that? Because you're connected in. Uh, to a higher place, which were citizens of heaven, you know, I could kind of I'm trying to break it down, you know For for everyone to understand because I, I could get into some Christianese and everyone's gonna be like what in the world is he saying? <laughs> but the reality is is uh, These people in the Bible they actually were protected They were provided for and they prospered when the world around them was falling apart and the and the question is why well answer is because they were connected to a source that was uh, far beyond what was around them on the earth. They were connected to heaven. They were connected to God. And so I've been encouraging the church, you know, in that message that I preached on Sunday, I'm encouraging the church, hey, listen, guys, we're connected to a different ecosystem. We're connected to a different realm. You know, we're, we're connected to heaven. And, and not only that, it's not just for us to be blessed and, and to keep it to ourselves. We're actually here to be a blessing and to help those who cannot help themselves at this time. And especially when people are, you know, unfortunately, you know, losing hours and jobs and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's what's been on my heart in this last week or two.
0: Yeah, that's that's a huge point because even in the blessing part, I was just reminding the kids last night when we were having prayer. You know, a lot of trouble going on in the land, right? The need to have a God's economy, even for us, was with him having those allergy shots. He has to go to a specific clinics, and thankfully, mm-hmm. there was a, one of the clinics is up in Temecula where we had come from, and the one locally was closing. And so the one wow. from Marietta called because it's the same lady who administers the shots and she just drives from clinic to clinic. She says, Hey, we're closing the clinic where you are. We just don't have enough doctors to support it. So we're only wow. supporting back where we can But we need to make sure that Ryan gets his shots. We know it's critical, it's essential. And So they, they made provision for me to go get his medicine, which is unheard of, actually pulled his medicine out. It has to be refrigerated, has to be, you know, secured. Yeah. So we've got it in our refrigerator at home. And then they allowed us to now bring it to the, the shot location. And we were going to have to go to Mariana to do it. But they, they called us again, more provision, right? Blessing in this economy. Yeah. They said, hey, look, we're going to now have the San Marcos Escondido location open on Thursday. So you don't have to drive as far. Wow! And so I'm, I was sharing that with the kids last night. I said, yeah, there's people running around without. Yeah, there's people running around wondering what's next. But if we just let God have it. He cares yeah. about the fact that Ryan is, is being delivered from his asthma. And mm-hmm. so it's important to God that he gets his shots and that not, not be interrupted. And the kids were wow. really looking at me like, wow, dad, we never really thought about anything more than we couldn't leave the house or we can't see our friends. But there's some real first world issues that the Lord is concerned about.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: So I'm you know, excited. Go ahead, please.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say, one of the things that is kind of exposing us as, you know, Americans right now is all of our, you know, like you said, first world, you know, challenges and things. I mean, I'm kind of going off on a different uh, thing, because it's awesome what God's doing for you guys and providing, cause, and that's the blessing of God. But it's also kind of going like, you know, do you know the church in China, like, they meet, they have, they, they're quarantined all the time, like the underground church, like they... If they find out where you are, you're going to get in persecution like crazy, you know, like, so we're kind of, we're kind of, it's almost like, you know, there's this prophecy in the Bible that talks about God's going to shake everything that can be shaken. And then the only, the things that cannot be shaken will remain while all the other things will fall away. And I, and I actually, in a weird way, appreciate times of shaking only because they expose what we've been standing on. And, and if it's worth standing on, <laughs> you know, if, if our whole life was in our job and then we lose it like, Oh man. And, but if our whole life was in God, then he'll get us another job. And, and I'm not moved per se. Now it's, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt and all that stuff. You still feel the frustrations and the challenges and all that. But you're, again, when you're hooked into another uh, economy, you're hooked into the Lord. He to take care of you. However, he, he'll, he'll make a way where there wasn't a way. Ooh, come on, somebody.
0: See, now now you just set that up so sweet. So (laughs) Andrew has been blessed to to have this song. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, When I've and I want to make sure I say publicly that I thank you and Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Miranda for allowing me to do sound and production for Elijah Revolution, where you minister and serve with, and amongst other ministries that you serve with. Mm -hmm. But I remember several nights, and I don't know if I was there the first night when you did this song as a prophetic word on the street kind of minute song were mm-hmm. you make a way and yeah that was such a huge song do you do you really remember where you were when you started yeah. singing this song the first time was it on st- platform the first time or was it just you know somewhere else the lord gave you that
1: no it was at a a, a fire and glory service which is the uh, the meetings that elijah revolution hosts and uh we were just in a moment we we're singing another song yeah. and uh As we're just worshiping, you know, praising the Lord, God just, I just kind of saw this image in my mind of like a a road, but with some stuff in the way. And I just knew God wanted to clear out the path. And it's almost like, you know, that could be the path to people's destiny. That could be the path to their breakthrough, whatever, whatever you need that, that God wanted to move the obstacles out of the road for the people of God. And so I just sang about it. And that's actually where those lyrics came from spontaneously, just, you know, a lot of times in times of worship, God will show me a picture and I sing what I see. And and it just came out like that. So that's why I started singing, you make a way where there wasn't a way, all things are possible. And as we began to declare that, it was like, it was like a, a, you know, I want to say this in a positive way, but like a broken record. (laughs) Because it just, there was so much life on it and so much life was uh, being released to the people that we just couldn't stop singing it. And uh, and for a good few months, it just felt like I don't know. I mean, we have to take give it a break sometimes too. Just but <laughs> but uh, it, there was so much life on it, so I just was like, yep, I gotta I gotta finish this song and write a, write the whole thing instead of just that one section. I want to write a whole song around that.
2: Mountains move at the voice of faith. And I believe in your great name. Impossibilities bow. We see your glory now. Jesus, you are mighty to save. We say, we speak your name, Jesus. And everything changes, changes. We praise your name. Jesus into the night, with all we have, Lord, we're giving you glory, honor, we praise your name, Jesus into the night. fix my heart on your great love and i say bless the lord my soul bless his holy name jesus you are all i want You make a way when wasn't in all things, you make a way when wasn't.
0: Listening to the Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. So we're back, Andrew. Hey. So tell me, we're just—I don't even know what to talk about right now. We're talking about COVID nineteen. We're talking about Lord, <laughs> you make a way. How can people support your ministry right now? I mean, we can't come out of doors all the time to even see you in person. You know, we can't go to Fire and Glory at the moment. How do we support ministries like yours? How do we support Fire and Glory? How do we just support? the men and women of God right now, while they're going through what, what do you think we should be doing in responding?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, well, for my ministry, it's, it's breaker ministries, dot uh, com. real simple. You can go to the website. There's, there's places where you can actually uh, f- so financially and, and, and give in because the reality is, is I had a lot of, uh, I want to call them gigs cause that's not really the right term for it, but invitations, uh, to go minister at churches, like I, had, I was supposed to be in Washington in Seattle, Washington this week, actually to go through Seattle into aberdeen, um, but you know Seattle is that 's like the hot spot for this whole thing right now, so obviously i 'm not going, and uh even last Sunday, God provided actually another uh, church to go into cause the previous one. So what am I saying? You know, I had another Canada trip canceled, you know, there's just, it's, it's kind of up in the air right now for a lot of church ministries and specifically for me really, and as an itinerant traveling minister, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge going like, okay, you know, uh, all the churches aren't really having services, you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> so, so that's kind of weird. Um, so, Let me say on one side, God has been so gracious in providing, just like we were talking about a little earlier, you know, about a month or so ago, my wife got offered this job that she could work at home from and we're like, you know what? Yeah, let's just take it. And then the day she got hired, it was like when this whole thing started going crazy. So it was crazy to me, like, all right, Lord, you know, we we just thought, we'll just have another job. We could pay off debt quicker, you know, save some money for vacations and and just do stuff that we wanted to do as opposed to just stuff that we needed to do. Although paying debt is needful, but, um, <laughs> and then, and then tax return came. So God had provided beforehand for us as we walk into this. But, you know, if this thing stays on for a long time, which, you know, we're all believing it's going to lift, um, then, you know, then I'm like, okay, Jesus, you've already, you know, I have to just stand on the faith that he's provided for me before he, his name is the Lord, our provider. And I just got to trust him that he's going to continue to do that. So that being said, there's been uh, a couple people who posted and saying, hey, so into this ministry, Breaker Ministries, and I'm super, super grateful for, for that. And, and people like yourself as well that uh, give opportunities and, and have been generous and, and all that kind of stuff. So because, because again, you know, it's, it's, it's scripture. If I don't work, I don't eat. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I'm at home. I'm working. I'm working on finishing up a book right now but uh
0: can you share any of what that's going to be about
1: yeah yeah um it's called carriers of the ark and uh the summary is in the old testament the priests carried the ark of the covenant on their shoulders and what is the ark of the covenant it's a i mean it's simply it's a box but really it's more than a box it's what hosted the very presence of god and uh but that they carried this ark on their shoulders in the new testament the ark came to live within the believers in other words the presence of god came to live within us and so uh but i took the picture of the priests carrying the ark on their shoulders and dude I, I did some studying about the ark of the covenant some people say that it weighed hundreds and then some people say that it weighed thousands of pounds now you know that's like no one knows for sure but it was uh, one piece was solid, actually a few pieces were solid gold and it was wood overlaid with gold. See, it's going to be a pretty heavy thing. What, what's the point? Let me get to the point. <laughs> uh, is that if they're going to carry that thing on their shoulders, they had to had some strength uh, to host that presence of God. And, and the whole implication of the book is what God wants to form in you so you can carry more of him upon you. And a lot of people want to see God move in powerful ways in their lives Uh, but they don't have the inner fortitude to carry the weight of his glory upon them. Just the same way the priests had to had strength to carry that ark on their shoulders. God still is uh, forming stuff in us. So we have spiritual strength and fortitude so we can carry his presence. Because a lot of people want to see his power and his, you know, miracles and all that flowing through their lives, but not everyone's willing to pay the price uh, through sacrifice and through surrender to see the weight of God, his glory rest on us.
0: That's huge. That's a huge <laughs> word, because I remember when we, we've we all sat in those churches, when we have the time, when we all pray for God, send us your glory, show us your glory, show us your glory, right? Yeah. But we the very few songs, very few opportunity We actually asked the Lord to fill us with his presence.
1: Yeah, come on.
0: That's huge, because even the example, can you imagine that, like you're saying, leave an impression upon your body, that that rod that, that they were using to carry that took Sometimes with yeah. four, did, did, in your research, did you find out how many men were you, priests were actually carrying the Ark at any one time? Was it just the four? Does it say or no?
1: Well, it could be four. And that's what if you look up some pictures, they'll have four. But uh, in some of the research, one, one reference I found uh, with uh, Solomon's temple, he kind of upgraded everything with all the gold and all that stuff. It, it was about $15.3 billion worth of gold and silver that went into the new temple. That's a lot of money and that's a lot of gold. And that being said, in his temple, they said that the, the poles of the ark stretched out and hung out through the curtain, meaning that they were extra long. And so some people believe that there was actually twelve men carrying that ark to represent the twelve tribes because he added the poles that were longer and things like that. So but who knows? I mean, four to twelve people, that's uh that also speaks to unity in the church. That speaks to, we got to learn how to walk together with this hundreds of pounds on our shoulders kind of a thing. It spe- I mean, there's like a lot in there, man.
0: But that's huge because that's just an analogy just, you just used, walking in unity with people. You got to be in step with your leadership, in step with your yeah. ministry. Yeah. And someone's got to be leading this. Someone out front, or even if in behind some cases, got to be getting the pace going. Mm-hmm. And that's if it? you don't keep pace, you're going to be out of step. Someone may lose their balance and step on somebody's feet in front of you. Imagine that guy in front, be the third man or fourth man, whatever. And the, the ark is right behind and You lose, when you fall. That thing happens to land on you. Ooh. So that's yeah. huge. That speaks a lot to ministry where we as followers of God, the people, members that show, we need to be in step with our leadership. That's it. We need to follow right. Our leadership needs to lead right. We need to be prayerful amongst each other. And even as fathers, right, we have to lead our families Right, our first church, and if our wives it? and kids aren't in lockstep with us, there's going to be some problems.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You've got another song I think that speaks to a lot of where we are right now. We talked about it off air. What do you think about that song? What does introduce that song so we can share it with the people?
1: Yeah, we're we're talking about a song I wrote called "You're Better." Yeah, and uh, it came out of another spontaneous moment, just like we were talking about the other song. And, uh, but this song was more focused on how God sees us. And, and the chorus just says that you're better than I thought you were. It's going to come we're over talking about our thoughts and things like that. And, uh, it just really came from a time of where I was really studying up on the goodness of God and, and realizing, you know, I kind of grew up with some, uh, striving perfectionist kind of issues. And, and so what that did to me was make me feel like I had to perform in order to earn God's approval. (laughs) And, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of men uh, will deal with that challenge because a lot of times our identity comes from what we do rather than who God says we are. And so that was a a song that kind of documented that journey, so to speak, and, and really, really looking at the goodness of God and then finding out, man, I had some ideas about God, but You're way, way better than I thought you were. And this last little tag at the end of the song says, I thought that you were angry, but I found out that you're smiling over me. And uh, man, you know, that probably is my favorite part of the song, just because man, you know, sometimes it's easy to think that God's mad at us, that God's angry with our performance. He's angry with maybe our thoughts or whatever it is. But just like any good father, you know, you might be angry at what someone's doing, frustrated with that, but your love never changes. And, you know, I always say, like Jesus said, he said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, which is funny how he said that to us. Uh, but then he said, how much more your heavenly father and and it's the same idea, you know, I get frustrated with my kids, especially in this quarantine time, and they're screaming at each other. And, my older son will antagonize the younger son, which I'm sure you know all about. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: oh Lord, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, and it, and it frustrates me. But then like within two minutes, I look at him and I'm just like, dude, these are the best kids in the world. You know, like, and it's so weird how I can go from wanting to like, you know, just hurt them or something, which yeah. you know, we're gonna hug them. But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hug them real tight, hug them real tight till they go to sleep. <laughs>
1: But then in two minutes later, I'm looking at him going like, and I'm telling my wife, we have the best kids in the world, you know, like, and I just can't help but think that's how God thinks about us. So that's kind of the heart of the song right there. Let
2: me stay captivated by your wonders and your love. God, you constantly surprise me. I can never get enough. And I don't understand why you keep on choosing me. I don't understand why you keep on loving me. You're better than I thought you were. So much better than I thought you were. And you're better than I thought you were, Jesus. And you're better than I thought you were. So much better than I thought you were. You're you Jesus. I see your face is always on me. Your eyes keep looking into mine. And your goodness overwhelms me. And it's lighting up my life. And I'm so grateful that you keep on choosing me. I'm so grateful You keep on loving me Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM.
0: You have to know that I play that song a lot, mm-hmm. and for a lot of people, I don't know. I've never written a song like anything like that. I've written music before that probably no one's really ever heard, other other than you listening to this show and the intros and the other show I had. Those were intro outros I've written, but when to write a song like that where the Lord is giving you such a word. Make a, you make a way, and then this one you're better. I just find myself just captivated just by the music when it comes on. It's like, oh, there it is, right there. It immediately changes my mind, no matter when I hear it. And I, I tell you, several times when I play your music in the car, Evan, always says, just, mm. yeah. Is that Andrew Hopkins? I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And remember, because you you were able to minister yeah. and bless him several years ago at a youth uh, worship night at Centerpoint. Where yeah. he was having trouble with his leg, and you have to know, since that point, that child has had zero problems with his leg. Since you Crazy prayed God. a blessing over the leg, he'll say, "You know, Dad, I used to have a problem with this leg because he just finished a basketball season, and it was wow. this was a tough season for us, and he had never played this this way before, this poorly before. Let's just be just be transparent, and real about it. He hadn't played in three years because of grades, and so I didn't want to reward poor behavior and poor performance in the classroom." with a wow. chance to play athletics. So when we played this year, he was very timid. He was very out of touch. He was out of timing. He, he had been in skills camps and clinics, but he was skill ready, but he wasn't mentally performance ready, game ready. Wow. So I would ask him, are you okay? You're not running fast. You're not dribbling the ball fast. You're not shooting well. He was like, I oh, don't know. I'm good, dad. I was like, was your leg hurt? No, no, I don't have any problem with the leg. So we just had to get himself mentally prepared. Mm. When you mentioned that part in the song of the end where I thought that you were angry with me. So often our performance as men and as fathers are predicated on what we think of ourselves in a large position of what we believe in God has said about us. So that lyric, when it always gets there, I'm like, that's my favorite part. Because I've been yeah. like that for years. Wow. Like God was like the spiritual police officer. Yeah. I did one thing wrong and I'm cut off. But that's, that's the thinking in Old Testament, not under grace. Not that we should yeah. just keep sinning and let sin abound. Yeah, no, but he's not sitting there going, oh, he, he's sinning, that's it for you. And it's such a huge yeah. time. You know, and I, and I just want to make sure we all know that we bless you, with, or I bless you with peace and with prosperity and with protection and wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Not just during this time, but after this lifts. Because yeah, my prayer can serve for a lot of either old school mainline Christians to the new ones that are becoming God lovers now because it's bad. I pray that even after this time that they stay just as close to God then yeah. Then we are all trying to be right now. Because when they think the police officer is going to let us out to get back into the public, God's going to be with us even when we go back outside. Yeah, you know? come on. So, but thank you for being with us. Um, would you do me a favor? Would you pray for the men on the way out? Because they, they, I think that this is a great time for women to hear another man pray.
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Father, I just, I pray for all those listening. And uh, I pray, Father, that you would pour out your presence upon them. Lord, I know, just like we were talking about earlier, that we have a chance to be connected to a higher realm of heaven, the kingdom of God and in your presence. And so I'm asking right now that you would literally lift them up above the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Father, I pray that you would lift them up above fear and doubt and discouragement and, and confusion, despair, all of those things. God, I thank you that you lift us up above all those things. And you place us in your kingdom and in, in, in your heart where there's peace, where there's faith, where there's hope. And God, there's there's you know the perspective that you always believe the best. And so I pray for them, God. I pray uh, that you just continue to minister to them with your love and and God, that your joy even would come. All these intangible things that you do with your kingdom, God, we know that those things are the things that last forever. And so we, we put our trust in you. We lean not to our own understanding, but we trust in you with all of our hearts. And uh, we just thank you for faith. We trust you in these, in these times. And not only that, When the mountaintop comes again, God, we thank you that we trust you there as well. In Jesus name, amen.
0: Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor, specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Young, Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yobo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on-demand from your local cable provider. Buy it. Rent it. Either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. And we're back, final segment. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Andrew Hopkins. I know I did. I mean, it's always cool to get another perspective and you know, it's even really cooler, I think, to come together as men and, and have a conversation and just have a community together because you know, this, this socially distancing ourselves and sheltering in, quarantining ourselves, whatever the proper term that you may use, I don't know if that's proper now, but the term that you may use to really explain the time that we're spending at home or apartments or places that you're stuck in, and you know, wherever you have to be, it it can wear on your mind. You can have moments when you're just like, ah, I've got cabin fever, I can't take it anymore. And uh, you know, even myself, I had that moment. Well, I probably had more than just one, but I know one that stands out. It was just a couple of days ago. I was just sitting at home and I was just getting tired of being in the same spot. I was getting tired of being tired. And I had a lot of things that were going on, a lot of things that we're doing right now. And I figured, well, how are you doing a lot of things? Because you're in the house, you can't go anywhere. But that's one of the things that I know I've been praying about is making sure that I'm using the time wisely. And the Lord had given me that word just a week or two ago. I know I shared on the show and I probably should read it again just to remind myself and to share with the listeners who may be first time uh, listeners that the Lord is really speaking timely in this era. Right and and he wants us to really be, you know, quiet and still and to know that he is God and there's just a moment when I know I wasn't still. I was well, I was still, but I was pacing around. I just was tired of being still. I didn't want to be in the same space anymore and I couldn't think of anything readily that would settle my spirit because I didn't want to think of anything. I didn't want to be settled, and I just kind of, you know, just had your moment of lamentation on this moment where you just don't want to be and you're frustrated and angry and you know I was crying out to the Lord, I was like, Lord, I just, I just can't take it anymore and I think one of my kids came in, I think it might have been Evan and he was having an issue with his, you know, Chromebook and he, that he needed for school and I was working at the time, I, was, I covered calls for customer service and it happened a long night prior and my mind was you know, kind of racing on, I come from I think I come from allergy shots with Ryan and just having been at the allergist at that time, I was outside of the clinic, and we'd been at this clinic at least two times before to get his allergy shots, and it's a, it's a new clinic to us. It's been there a while, but we were greeted outside the clinic by some healthcare professionals, and it was out in the patio, and they were underneath the cover of an easy-up awning, and they had all of their medical supplies out front to, with gloves and masks to be able to take everyone's temperature that walked up. I mean, they were not allowing you to be in the building at all. You had to let them take your temperature. You had to let them ask you, interrogate you for signs of, you know, symptoms that you may have been feeling so they would know what they were up against and they're regarding their own selves and to quarantine the virus or in the form of a person from passing on the infection to anyone else. And I come back from that time made me kind of feel, you know, happy and safe at that moment that healthcare professionals would think to do that and continue to put themselves on the line for our safety and their own safety and other patients' safety, but even after having dealt with that and still being in a sense of thankfulness for my son to be able to get his shots in the midst of of uncertainty or times of uncertainty. And when I got back home it was just it had been an overwhelming, you know, experience for me. And I was just becoming more and more worn out. And I'd just been on a call after call after call. And I was just I just needed to be Relax for a moment. I felt like a rubber band that had been pulled and pulled and pulled to the point that it was about to break. And I know the Lord is is reminding us of what to do in those times of breaking. And this, we have to give each other a break. We have to spend time alone. But I didn't do well in that instance. I broke and I, I, I said some things, to Evan, that I wish I hadn't. I mean, it wasn't really that bad, but it was bad enough where I felt bad. I knew that I should not have, you know, spoken on a tone. I should have quarantined my thoughts. I should have more like quarantined my words more so. But this is another example this week of real life, you know, where we're not going to get it right all the time. And we've got to give ourselves a break. We have to be able to breathe. We've got to be able to rest. We've got to be able to, will we make a mistake, apologize and just go from there and, just look at it differently. We can't beat up on ourselves again and again and again. And otherwise, we're going to have a a much larger problem. Our kids and, are looking to us, our spouses are looking to us, our friends and family are looking to some of us, well, at least they should be if we're going to be leaders in our homes. And if we're the ones that can't hold it together, then there really is no hope for anyone else to really hold it together. So even with finishing the this recording for this broadcast it was I had to wrestle with my thoughts I had to wrestle with me and I found myself tired and I wanted to just go sit down I just wanted to go get in the bed and just pull the covers over me and just call it good and just I don't know I I don't know what I was going to do with it I had I found myself with like 17 minutes short and that was frustrating because I was more upset at myself I'm normally really really good with interviews and time but I just was out of sorts. And I know this is a time that's out of sorts. This is an uncertain time. And when you find yourself out of sorts, you can't dogpile on yourself. You've got to take a moment, assess where you are, breathe and go in. And I just want to share this piece again that the Lord had given me because it, it's pertinent. It's, it's a right now piece. And that was a right now piece for me to help keep me settled. Again, this is a piece that I was given by the Lord. And one morning when I woke from sleep and he gave me this during times of uncertainty, give yourself a break. Take time for healthy self-care. Thinking or trying not to think about an issue can be emotionally, mentally, and physically draining. Give a pass to yourself and to others. Be more patient. Get more rest in order for your body, mind, and spirit to refresh. Burnout or breakdown now could be catastrophic. Also, make a point to drink more water. Above all, be quick to listen Slow to speak and let grace be your guide. And I I tell you, that has been my, the thing that I find has kept me going, kept me focused enough not to continue to have any larger breaks. If we just spend a lot more time being quiet, being still and knowing that God has us in every time, not just this uncertain time, not just this coronavirus time, not just in this most unprecedented period of our lives and in the history of mankind, I'm sure to a certain degree, well, I'm sure. know, during that whole nuclear war time back before they dropped the bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I'm sure that was even more unprecedented, but this, this is kind of on that level. Well, in this case, it's affecting everyone. This is a global thing and we need to be able to pray globally. And I talked to another friend, they were talking about, I don't even know how to pray right now. For those of us that find ourselves just at a loss for words and just seem to be stuck where we're just quarantined in our minds to the point where we just can't move anymore outside of this four to six inch space or eight to ten inch space in our head. Well, ask the Lord, you know, and the Holy Spirit say, you know, Lord, what should I pray for? How should I pray? And sometimes if it's just the Lord's prayer, then give that. If it's just Thanksgiving, give that. If it's just those groans that are just inaudible and not understandable, give those. But above all, just be silent because sometimes we don't need to say anything because the Lord already knows that we're uneasy. The Lord already knows where our heart is, but if we just sit back and know that he is God, quarantining our thoughts is important. See you guys next time right here on the Raising Men Show. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.